This is a Macquarie Group podcast. So hello and welcome to Macquarie's Perspectives podcast, where our diverse team of experts and invited special guests share their latest thinking on current and emerging topics. So I'm your host, Laura, and today we're discussing the somewhat technical but fascinating world of quantitative investment strategies. So in recent years, these strategies, also known as quant strategies, have experienced a resurgence and are delivering impressive returns despite challenging market conditions. So quant strategies are a type of investment class that relies on mathematical and statistical models to make investment decisions. And as this technology matures and investors grow accustomed to model-based investments, their popularity is increasing with investors incorporating quant strategies into their portfolios to allow for greater diversification over the long term. So, but it's not a straightforward topic and it's one that we need to unpack further. So I'm pleased to be joined by two subject matter experts in the field, Maya Matheson and Gerald Rushton, who are part of Macquarie's Quantitative Investment Strategies or QIS business. And that sits within commodities and global markets. So welcome both. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. So Maya, as I've said, this is a technical topic. So for somebody like me who doesn't work in this area every day like you do, so can you break it down for us what quant investing strategies are and what's really driving their recent success? Yeah, so our team, the quantitative investment strategies team, develop investment strategies across all major asset classes, equities, FX, fixed income, commodities. And we sell them to investors, and that could be pension funds, asset managers, hedge funds, or corporates. And the thing I want to make really clear is that it's not necessarily a really technical topic. Many of the strategies we trade use quite straightforward signals to make their investment decisions. So that could be just looking at historic return. You can look at that in Excel. You could even do it on a calculator and then decide which assets do you want to be long or short. Um, and those signals that we use are often very intuitive. So it's something that you would just think of in your head and then apply to the market. That said, you can use more sophisticated techniques and technology to refine those models, to improve their robustness or efficiency. And that's something we think we do pretty well at Macquarie. Yeah, so not quite as technical as I thought then. Gerald, would you have anything to sort of add to, to that in terms of setting up the topic for us? So picking up on what Maya said, the, the strategy she described using the past return of an asset to decide whether to buy or sell it, in the literature, well, we call that time series momentum, or in the industry, we call it trend following. And that's a technique Quant hedge funds have been using since the late 1970s in a systematic way and have been incredibly successful doing so. Maya mentioned you could use a calculator to calculate the signal in Excel, but really, you know, you could just pull up a chart on Bloomberg and look at the trend of the asset and see if it's going up or down. It really can be that simple. The advantage we have over a human approach is that we can apply that signal to many, many places at once across dozens of commodities, currencies, bond futures, equity futures, anything that is liquid. And that ability to trade lots of assets with a simple signal can give us actually a pretty robust uh, performance. In the literature, there's a very famous paper, The Fundamental Law of Active Management, by Gil Reynolds and Kahn, which shows that an investor's performance is going to be linked to their skill and breadth. And so I think that's the key difference between the quant approach and a more human discretionary approach which is that we are able to do breadth very well and even with low skill get very good performance. On the skill side of the equation, there are things of course we can do, such as uh, refining 
how to measure past returns, thinking about how to weigh the different assets in the portfolio. Uh, you also asked about the recent performance of quant strategies, and I'm happy to say that after the quant winter of 2018-2019, quant strategy performance has been extremely robust over the last couple of years. There's been a couple of different reasons for that. FX strategies, for example, performing very well because of the hikes we've seen central banks doing has meant there is a lot more carry to earn in currency markets. The interest rate differentials between currencies are much bigger than they were during the post-GFC period. Things like trend following have been working very well because markets have been trending down uh, in, in the case of 2022, equity and bond markets, obviously, and upwind commodities in 2021. Also, strategies like volatility selling commodities have been performing very well because the option market has been pricing much higher implied volatility than the subsequent realized volatility and performance there has been extremely strong. Yes, that's really interesting, um, Gerald. So maybe I can stay with you and you can sort of take this question. Maya mentioned that these investment strategies, you use models that um, come from academia. So perhaps you could give us some examples of, of those types of models. Yeah, so obviously trend following is just one model, but even things like value uh, are written about in the academic literature. You know, lots of uh, investors are at their heart systematic process driven. So Warren Buffett, for example, he is systematically buying cheap, good quality companies. And in the literature, we think of those factors as the value factor and the quality factor. And there are papers showing that Warren Buffett's returns can be explained by these simple quantitative models as well. With technology being involved here, I suppose, would it be right to say that this is a new way of investing or, or is that not right? Not really. You know, Gerald mentioned some of these ideas have been written about in academia since the 1970s and implemented for decades. But you're right that technology today, in particular, the ability to store and process data has allowed us to structure the models in more sophisticated ways. So one example could be we can use an optimization model and that calculates really, really quickly lots of potential outcomes of different portfolios and it looks for the portfolio that has the highest expected return subject to a volatility target or some other target that you have. And that ability to calculate those things really quickly and make an investment decision sometimes on the day or even intraday can create faster reacting models. And we also have some strategies that trade um, very frequently, so they use intraday signals. And that data processing ability has really expanded what we can do in that space. So picking up on that, what we're talking here about is the skill side of the equation. So we have breadth covered, we can trade dozens of commodities, equities, currencies, whatever is liquid. But the new uh, advances in technology and processing that allow us to increase the skill of the quantitative approach giving more predictable and robust returns for our clients. So um, I guess when you think about investing, there's always a bit of human judgment in that and expertise that's involved. So how, how do you go about balancing that human side with um, the quantitative models that you've just talked about? Yeah, so a really important element of our business is that when we create a strategy and we launch it, it's fixed. So we've written the rules, they're disclosed to the investor, and we can't just go and change them. But the human element has come into play at lots of stages. So it's in the form of Gerald sitting here, developing the model, deciding which signals to use, um, how to construct it, what assets to put in there. And then on the client side, they have to go and pick which models to combine, how to size them, what weights to give them. 
And then once they're running, they're looking at, is this model really performing as I expected or is it underperforming or is it performing so strongly I'm feeling a bit nervous? So the clients definitely are using some skill to judge what the models are doing um, and sometimes even timing what sorts of environment might work for different models. So there's definitely a human element, but one of the things that I think clients like and appreciate about quant strategies is that you know what you're getting because the rules are fixed and, and disclosed to you and there's no one sort of having a bad day and changing their mind. So a big part of our role as uh, structurers in the bank is to take the, the academic literature, which is often very parsimonious or simple in terms of the way they describe a signal, and really um, think about the best way to actually apply that simple concept. So thinking about, as I mentioned, the assets that you're able to trade, how often you should rebalance, you know, how you should size the different positions. I think a mistake a lot of people made in this industry 10 years or so ago was to say that these academic papers were almost like a God-given truth and that you shouldn't deviate away from them. Whereas the latest innovation of UI's business is really to think about how to refine these ideas to give investors better solutions. Mm. So you're really saying the technology is crucial, but definitely so is the human element of all of this um, as well. Um, and I wanted to change pace slightly here. I mentioned um, when I was introducing the topic, and it would be remiss of me not to, that we are operating in uncertain and challenging market conditions. So how do you know if strategies that worked well in the past will continue to work in the markets that we're, we're, we're operating in now? So at Macquarie, we have a couple of different tools available to us. And we built something which we call the Scenario Engine, which allows investors or clients to give us a hypothetical scenario that they're worried about and see how the models and strategies perform in that environment. So recalculating the signal uh, and the performance as if that scenario was playing out. And that can give us some really interesting insights into the risks uh, that a particular strategy might have. Going back to one of the points I mentioned earlier though, our strategies when we launch them are fixed. So we have to be very paranoid uh, about unexpected events turning up in the future. And so a simple example of this would be rebalancing. Uh, a lot of strategies choose to have, say, a fixed rebalancing schedule. So maybe just rebalancing once a month. And in the COVID period, that proved to be very tricky because they went long risky assets at the start of March, they had a huge loss. And then at the end of March, they they eventually rebalanced into the opposite position and then missed out on the rebound. Uh, whereas what we try to do is make sure that strategies can dynamically rebalance, make sure that they can survive these unexpected events. And it pays to be paranoid when building these systematic strategies. Yeah, so you're really trying to plan for any, any eventuality, I guess, in, in doing that. Um, so lastly, and maybe you could both um, answer this, um, what do you think about in terms of the future of these quantitative investing strategies and how do you anticipate that the, the approach will evolve in the coming years? Yeah, so I think domination. I mean, the performance of quant strategies is very robust across time. More and more investors are acknowledging the advantages of, of these approaches. And in all seriousness, though, uh, you know, a lot of the traditional asset classes like equities, indices, or bond indices are really just very simple quantitative strategies where the rule is you know, determining the, the asset universe, determining how to weight them, such as like market cap weighting on the stock index. And quantitative approaches are just giving investors more tools to express their, their views and earn different sources of returns. Yeah, I'd agree. It's not necessarily 
um, something completely new, I'd liken it to having more ingredients to cook with. So you're going from meat and two veg to an Ottolenghi recipe. And I think there's huge appetite for that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. It certainly makes a lot more sense to me now than uh, as a topic than it did when we started. So I appreciate you both joining us. And thank you for listening to this episode of Perspectives. You can learn more about quantitative investment strategies at Macquarie.com. Thank you for listening to this Macquarie Group podcast. All episode disclaimers can be found in the show notes. 